helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. When the car exploded on the Rainbow Bridge between Niagara Falls, New York and Ontario, Canada, most people's first reaction seemed to be terrorism. When government officials started claiming there was no sign of terrorism, many people, myself included, well, we didn't believe them. So only after some individual investigation did I see the logic behind the government's statement, which got me thinking. How many people do not and will not trust the government statement? Let's face it, there are plenty of very good reasons not to believe what comes out of the mouth of a government actor. Like the townsfolk in the story The Boy Who Cried Wolf, most people can only be lied to so often before they simply assume everything is a lie. But isn't that just as dangerous as believing everything they say? Just how many of us will bother to check for themselves whether the information from government is the truth or a lie. Hello there, Everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study, where we read and study the Constitution, teach your rising generation to be free. I'm glad you could join me today. I hope you had a, a happy Thanksgiving and enjoyed, uh, uh, hopefully, a long weekend. Maybe spent some time with friends and family. Whatever you did to celebrate, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, me, I had a fairly quiet uh, uh, time at home with uh, family. Most of my family is across the country, so it's just my my wife and my daughter and I. We had a wonderful feast. I cooked a nice turkey and all the sides. All we had a great time. But just before that, we had this uh, report of a car exploding on the Rainbow Bridge. I've actually been across the Rainbow Bridge um, for our twenty fifth wedding anniversary. I took my wife to uh, uh, to Niagara Falls. Went to you know saw the all the sights, and uh, my wife had never been to Canada, so we went across the bridge into Canada to have dinner for our actual anniversary. It was a lovely time, and you know Niagara Falls is amazing. But then we had this you know these reports of you know a car exploding, and you know everybody was imagining terrorism, and and I heard a lot of reports along those lines. And then I started hearing reports like, um, well, that uh, well, for you know, we had uh, there were no that there was no sign of terrorism. Now, first it came from I first heard it come from uh, Governor Hochul, and I don't, I wouldn't believe her if she told me that water was wet. You know, it's just she's lied so often. That, you know, it's like a car explodes. Cars do not generally explode. You know, it's not like the movies where, you know, every time they, they have a little, they have an accident, they just burst into flames. So I'm, I'm skeptical. And of course, all the other things have been going on in New York, you know, we'll, which we'll talk a few bit, a bit more, um, you know, controlling the narrative, shaping the narrative, these attempts to, to, uh, limit what you can see and hear and know and 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 all that. I um. Well, I, again, I was skeptical. Of course, then again, the FBI says that they're getting involved, right? Because it's an international border, and uh, you know the the terrorism. So the FBI sent a, a terrorism task force to investigate what was going on. So you know, all right, you know, 
still sounds like it could be terrorism. And of course, while I have a lot of pretty evil things to say about the FBI, again, first reports are saying, listen, it's very fluid. Um, we, we don't know what's going on at this time. We need to um, uh, we need to get more details. Now, there were a couple of details that, that uh, I was kind of confused that didn't come out. Uh, the, the, we do know that the vehicle was rushing towards the border, uh, but there wasn't a lot of information. Which way was it going? The, the, you know, people talked about the, the, the car heading for the border. Was it heading from the U.S. to the Canada side or, or vice versa? I guess I saw one, um, one report that said it was trying to enter the U.S., uh, so I don't hold that with a lot of with a lot of uh, uh, confidence. But um, it, it it what we did find out is eventually we had an eyewitness. We had a man who he was out with his wife and he saw the uh, the incident. Now what he described was a a vehicle traveling at a very high rate of speed. Uh, he claimed it was traveling over a hundred miles an hour. Take that with a grain of salt. People generally are not the greatest. He was walking. He and his wife were walking, so it's kind of hard to judge speed that way. Um, but he said the he the vehicle had to swerve to miss another vehicle. Uh, apparently, the driver lost control, struck the fence. It tore the car apart, lifted the car up into the air. That could easily have separated the or opened the fuel tank, which led to the fireball that was described as an explosion. Technically, not an explosion. But, you know, <laughs> close enough for media work, right? So just before Thanksgiving, we have all this news and all this reporting and, and a lot of people that are not sure what's going on. Now, this is the Constitution study. So what do I do? I start doing a little bit of research. I start looking at, at different news reports from different angles. I'm trying to find what is going on so that I understand it in my head. And based on what I've heard, that it was not an explosion, it was a fireball. To me, the difference is technical, but it's important. See, if there's an explosion, if you have something like, uh, uh, it was Oklahoma City, right? Boom! Explosives. That leads towards terrorism. Was this group trying to attack the border? Uh, these two guys in this car, were they? was it a suicide mission trying to attack the border? We talk about explosion. We don't see that. What I heard described by the witness was, again, a fireball. Now, maybe it's because I've watched, you know, I've followed auto racing all my life. I've seen what happens when a car and a vehicle structure is, it compromises the fuel tank. And yeah, it could easily, you know, you can easily call that, people would call that an explosion. But what you have is a, a, a fireball. The gasoline spreads, it atomizes. It becomes very flammable, and you end up with a big fireball. And so, where we stand today is, I do not believe it was necessarily a terrorist attack. We at this point, I still don't know why these two gentlemen were approaching the border at such a high rate of speed. Maybe that will come out. Maybe not. But uh, the good news is, over Thanksgiving, the United States was not under attack. Um, I'll take that as as good news. But again, it got me thinking, how many people actually took the time to investigate, to look at the, the you know, to, to search different news sources from different points of view, even some from different countries, 
to try and find out what is true. Remember, the, at the Constitution today, we have four fundamental rules for um, uh, analyzing anything we're told. Right? It's only an opinion until there's proof. An expert opinion is still only an opinion until there's proof. We want original sources, and we want to check our facts. And it's the last one that I want to encourage you to do today. Whether it's this story or any story, check your sources, check your facts. Um, whether it's because, you know, one, you want, to, you want to know what's truly going on. But we also want to avoid a lot of hysterical reactions based on what we're told. I mean, what's the line in for news media? It's like, if it bleeds, it leads. Uh, these types of things want to be exposed. They want to be a big deal because they um, they can easily be, uh, they generate ratings, right? We got to be careful and we want to spend some time and we want to deal with this logically and rationally. What's interesting though is last week I stumbled across another article that, um, well, I haven't heard it used related to this particular incident um wouldn't surprise me if it is used at, at some point but it gets back to the question of you know bad situations bad facts make bad laws uh, for example back in uh, january of 22 there was a crash in nevada uh somebody driving a dodge challenger ran into a minivan doing 103 miles an hour just outside of las vegas as you can imagine, that was a terrible crash. I, I think uh, I think nine people died. Uh, but uh, based on this, the National Transportation Safety Board says, we want to put something on all new cars that, uh, well, controls your maximum speed. So according to a press release, the uh, they call it the uh, Intelligent Speed Assistance Technology, that they want, the, the NTSB wants to put in all new cars, looks at your GPS location, compares that with a database of posted speed limits and its onboard cameras in order to make sure that you are following the law, the speed limit. Now, I have a lot of issues with this. First of all, why is it we punish innocent people for the actions of bad, uh, of the bad actions of others? You see that the person driving that Dodge Charger, he was high. He was on cocaine and PCP. And for some reason, they figured, well, you know, if he'd only been doing the speed limit, probably 70 miles an hour, maybe 80, well, then he wouldn't have hit this person. He was high. He was driving under the influence. So for that, we're going to restrict. And again, why is this such a bad idea? Well, it's the speed limit. We'll get everybody to follow the speed limit. Well, um. What about an emergency situation? You ever been in a situation where you had to break the speed limit in order to be safe? Well, guess what? You won't be able to do that with this device. Because this device will say, oh, no, no, the speed limit's 30 miles. Sure, you may be driving away from, oh, I don't know, uh, maybe somebody trying to carjack you, maybe someone trying to run you off the road. You may be driving as fast as you can to find police to save you, but, oh, no. You got to leave you at 30 miles an hour because, well, some idiot that was high on cocaine killed a family. But it comes back to something even more fundamental in my idea, and that is 
the belief that the government has the legal right to force you to comply with their edicts. Believe it or not, I'm going to swing this over to the Second Amendment. Because Noah Webster said, you know, noted that the supreme power in America cannot enforce unjust laws by the sword because the whole body of the people are armed and constitute a force superior to any bound, uh, bands of regular troops that can be on any pretext raised, pretense raised by the, in the United States. Okay, that's talking, he was talking about arms. They need to be armed so that the government couldn't enforce unjust laws. What about this? What about the government saying, uh, the, the federal government saying, you must put this in your car, all right? That's a violation of your property. So it's already unconstitutional because it's depriving you of control of your property, your vehicle, without due process of law. There's been no reason to show that you are inherently dangerous or, or cannot be trusted to operate a vehicle within the laws. It ignores the myriad of situations where um, speeding can be life-saving rather than detrimental. But at its fundamental core, it's the idea that the, the government gets to tell you how to live your life and then enforce it. See, it's bad enough for the government to say, you must drive this speed limit on this stretch of highway. I understand the logic behind that, right? The, the idea is to keep people safe. But ultimately, it's up to the people to decide, are they going to follow that law? You see that speed limit sign, you know, 65, 70, you decide whether or not you're going to follow it, and you're going to suffer the consequences whether you do or not. But it's simply taking control away from the people, and the government will decide. What happens when they go back to the, 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 the 55 mile an hour speed limit nonsense? What happens when some, some idiot in Washington decides, you know what, we need to go to a 45-mile-an-hour speed limit because we'll save that much more gas, we'll burn that much less fuel, and uh, therefore pollute the, the, the world that much less. Um, then he simply turns around and they start putting in speed limits that are ridiculously slow. When I lived in New York, I remember when 55 went to 65. I moved to Tennessee, and out in the interstates, the speed limit's 70. I was up in... The Dakotas and Wyoming, where the speed limit on the, on the interstates was 80 miles an hour. And you know what? It was comfortable. It was up to me as the operator of the motor vehicle to make sure I could do that safely. It's not up to the government to say, we are not only going to um, enact these laws, but the people do not have the authority to reject those laws, to act, to realize when they've gone too far and become unjust laws and simply ignore them. And then if they get caught, just decide, are they going to fight it or not? And, and go through all that. It simply is another matter of control. And let's face it, if they put a GPS in your car that the government is using to determine whether or not you're following the speed limit, do you really think they're not going to be tracking every vehicle where it is and what it, uh, and and when it is so that the next time there's a demonstration that the government doesn't like well gee you drove past that maybe you were involved in it let's send the fbi after you we used to think that'd be ludicrous not anymore now i have to stop for a break here before i go please 
head of the website, constitutionstudy.com. In fact, go to constitutionstudy.com slash shop uh, for the holidays from Black Friday to New Year's Eve. All of my books are 20% off. I've also got some t-shirts that I'm putting on, I've put on clearance. You can find them, again, at constitutionstudy.com slash shop. The clearance is 50% off. Uh, all available there, and again, all the proceeds help keep the Constitution study up and running. Now, I don't know about you, but you know, I got a pretty good night's sleep last night. I always feel better when I do, because getting up and being tired just it just kind of ruins the start of your day. Now, Healthy Cell has a product called REM Sleep. It is the only sleep supplement designed to support all four stages of sleep, to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deeply so you can wake up refreshed. Now, as an America Out Loud listener, you can get 25% off your first order from Healthy Cell. Find out more at americaoutloud.shop. But most of all, when you go to Healthy Cell's website, put your card together. When you check out, be sure to use the code OUTLOUD at checkout. It lets them know that you listen to America Out Loud. And as a thank you, well, you get 25% off your first order. In 2008, people could spend an average of 12 seconds on a task without becoming distracted. Five years later, it was only eight seconds. The digital age is narrowing our attention span. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top, shoot it down. Thousands of five-star reviews proves it works. Supercharge your brain and see the difference. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Welcome 
welcome back, Everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution study today. Well, we're actually talking about dangerous distrust. You know, just as blindly trusting anything anybody says is dangerous, blindly distrusting anything anyone says is dangerous as well. So much is found in the middle. It's, you know, things are rarely all or nothing. The truth is usually somewhere in the middle. Now, I talked at the opening about the uh, the, the recent explosion, the, the car, they call it an explosion um, that happened up on the Rainbow Bridge between Niagara Falls and Ontario, Canada, and how some people simply assumed what was saying and, and some people simply ignored what government was saying because they just didn't trust them anymore. And again, I believe they have very good reason to not trust what government actors say, the the proof of the manipulation of information, not just recently, but for generations, has been more and more coming to light. And um, I do think we need to learn from it. But I hope what we learn is not simply to distrust everything that they say, but to learn to verify what people say. You know, someone says that uh, something happened, verify it. Get, go find original documentation. Double check the sources. Make sure it's actually true. Because a lot... You know, I, I every day I go through and I'm answering comments and questions and stuff from the different social media platforms, and the number of times I see statements made without any evidence. Well, this is true. You based on what? Now, sometimes if I say, "Well, what's your evidence for that?" We they will come back with some documentation, something I can I can research and check and 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 validate. But the vast majority of the time, it, it, the answer is simply, it is. The idea is, is, you know, you can say that 2 plus 2 equals 4 simply because it is, all right? Um, understanding that 2 is the, um, uh, is the word we use for uh, a, a pair of items. And even that, it's, so, it's, the, it's hard to explain, right? 2 is our name for a number and four is our name for a number and the number four happens to be twice the number of the number two it is but when you're talking about such other things uh you know like well is it terrorism or is it not terrorism it, you know, is uh um it was an explosion or was it merely um a a uh, what is technically called a deflagration, which is the rapid burning of a flammable material. Um, you know, those details are important, and, and I, you want to kind of have proof. The problem we keep running into, and we see it everywhere, at least I see it everywhere today, is rather than investigating to find the truth, and rather than encouraging people to investigate to find the truth, hmm. We simply want to shut down the other side. You know, the, 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 the people who thought that um, the Rainbow Bridge incident was a terrorist attack simply didn't want to hear competing information. Um, we, we've seen it with the, uh, again, the Palestinian protests. Um, yeah, you have freedom of speech, you have the freedom to peaceably assemble, but you don't have the freedom of, of defining what truth is. 
So when you see someone claiming that, uh, you know, the chant from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, is not a desire to get rid of Israel, you can think that. That doesn't make it true. And while governments at most times, under most situations, wanted to control the narrative, they wanted to find truth, um, it seems recently it's not only come to light, it has become right it's right it's in your face for example uh Kathy Hochul governor of the state of New York the empire state that's why i said i'm no longer a citizen of the empire you know what I, I, if you still live in new york god bless you but understand what kathy hochul wants to do um she's tasked the division of homeland security and emergency services to create a what she's referring to as a media literacy toolkit for K through 12 schools. Okay, let me put this this, this another way. Um, Kathy Hochul has is is tasked their Homeland Security to create a propaganda toolkit that will be in all public schools. Because the alleged purpose of this is to assist public school teachers in educating students on how to spot misinformation, disinformation, malinformation online. Now, on the surface of it, that sounds like a great idea. Here's the problem. Do you really expect Governor Hochul, the governor that helped and continued the shutdown of the state of New York, that kept kids out of school, that told you that masks would stop the spread of COVID, that the vaccines would stop the spread of COVID, that they were safe and effective, there was no reason to be concerned, pay no attention to the data over here. Do you really expect her to have the the, the her Department of Homeland Security to come up with a, a toolkit to spot disinformation? Or do you really expect her to come up with a toolkit to spot how to uh, deal with Anti-government, or I should say, information contrary to the government narrative. Now she's also claiming that she wants she wants to push social media companies to combat uh, the rise in anti-Semitism and Islamophobia. Well, here's the problem: social media companies cannot, right? They cannot curb the rise of anti-Semitism and Islamophobia. Why? Because anti-Semitism and Islamophobia are issues of the heart, not the eyes. Yes, maybe you stop spreading some of the information about it, but the fact that people hate Jews or that people might hate Muslims, that's an issue of the heart. And whether or not it's shown on, on, on social media or not, the heart is still there. But I have to wonder, if she's trying to... Uh, um, to curb the rise of, of anti-Semitism and Islamophobia, um, does that include curbing the call for from the river to the sea, Palestine must be free? You're talking about getting rid of um, you're talking about getting rid of, of uh, Israel, the only Jewish country in the world, the only prominently Jewish country in the world to about getting rid of it. Uh, you know, you, they, you're talking about um, supporting a group of people who elected political leaders whose sworn purpose is to kill the Jews. 
you going to stop that as well? It, 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 going back to the just the disinformation, Mister, are, are we going to curb? You know, I, I had on my radio program just the other day, just last week, uh, Stella Paul talking about how um, uh, the the hospital protocols led to the death of her husband. Was that going to be considered misinformation because it doesn't align with the the government narrative? Or 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 what about other quote unquote conspiracy theories? You know, like there was there there, there was problems in the twenty twenty election, that there was fraud in the twenty twenty election, that states um, illegally appointed electors for president in the twenty twenty election. Is that going to be considered misinformation and disinformation that cannot be spread? Again, I got kicked off of Facebook. When I was talking about how we actually elect a president, would that be considered misinformation or disinformation? I wrote an article recently about how most of the states are lying to you on your presidential ballot because they claim that you're voting for president and vice president when what you're actually voting for is which political party will select the electors for president and vice president. Now, that could be, is she going to call that misinformation? When I can show you the facts and the data and the details? And what about her own state's constitution? Article 1, Section 8 says every citizen may freely speak, write, and publish his or her sentiments on all subjects, being responsible for the abuse of that right. No law shall be passed to restrain or abridge the liberty of speech or of the press. But yet, she's talking about creating. Uh, um, rules by which social media companies would do exactly that. They would determine that certain speeches is hate speech and would not allow you to express it on their platforms. Using the government to intimidate or coerce private companies to ban speech. This is, this is somewhere between a collusion and coercion. And is that really the best way to deal with this? You know, it's funny. I talked before about how, you know, why freedom of speech is so important. Because unless people express ideas, you never get to hear those ideas. And that's important because if somebody has a truly hateful idea, but you never hear it, how do you know they have that truly hateful idea? If you, you know, if somebody, let me put it in a different context. Uh, let's say you are in charge of some sort of youth group, right? You have a, uh, you know, a bunch of children, maybe it's a daycare, maybe it's a church youth group, whatever. You are in charge. And as part of this, when someone comes to volunteer for this group or to work for this group, you send them through a background check to see, hey, are these pe- would this person be appropriate for working with children? Now, let's say as part of that, maybe you go through some of their social media posts to get an idea of, of how they think. Now, imagine that one of these applicants is a pedophile. And they have really nasty, hateful ideas of how to sexually abuse children. But because that content was barred from the Internet, you have no idea this person holds these ideas. 
Now, those ideas may be criminal, they may be terrible, but if you never learn about them, how can you make a decision? You're looking at two individuals. One of them has hateful ideas that have been hidden by these so-called hate speech laws. The other one does not. But you have no idea of knowing which one of it might be. Now, if we have freedom of speech and freedom of the press, you could go to the, 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 this person's uh, social media and you could look at those posts and say, you know what? This person's talking about some, some things that uh, we don't want. You know, I know our families wouldn't want our children to be exposed to. Um, no, I don't want to hire them. See, that's the interesting thing I don't think most people think about. When you restrict freedom of speech, when you don't allow certain ideas to be expressed, you do not get rid of the ideas. You move them underground. You decrease knowledge. You, in effect, are creating our own modern dark age where information is restricted to what is approved. Now, that's not to say that people won't lie. But we're back to the point of, if I have more information, I can make a better decision. And I certainly don't want some government bureaucrat determining what language is hateful and therefore not to be allowed on certain, on, on certain content. And I certainly don't want some government actor to be the one telling my children how to determine what is and isn't true or more accurately, what they might label as mis, dis, and malinformation. I want them to find out the truth. I wrote an article about that. Check out the website, constitutionstudy.com. It's funny because my last two articles I posted, first was why is freedom of expression so important, and then the, the fact that truth is under attack, and how do we go to find what the truth is? These are important in this, especially in this day and age, because we're watching truth be defined based on politics. And we're watching expression, freedom of expression, be curtailed in the name of not being hateful. Now, again, hateful ideas have always existed. But rather than shutting up, I want to expose them and teach my children. See, this is what some people believe. This is why it's evil. Part of me wonders if the, um, if the civil rights law, as, as good an intention as they had, didn't actually extend the, um, the, the, race, the racial issues, the issue between the races. Because rather than being exposed to the evil, and seeing what's evil, and identifying what's evil, and deciding, no, we're not going to go there that way. How often we push the evil underground and pretended it wasn't there? I mean, I understand. As a parent, when my daughter was young, I did a lot to prevent her from being exposed to certain ideas. Um, I, I laughed. I had my, before my daughter was allowed um, online, I had my home network locked down as tight as I could. And being a computer expert, I had it locked down pretty darn tight. But as she grew up, as she became able to understand, she, we, we allowed her to be exposed to other things so we could teach her. We could see, see how, how ugly this is, see how evil this is. We didn't prevent discussions. We used them as teaching moments, teaching opportunities. 
And I think by by treating them, by, by ignoring the teaching opportunity, we, keep, we become even less educated. Maybe understanding that a lot of this is coming through our education system, you could easily say that we are being educated into imbecility. And I think it's governors, it, 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 it's activists like Governor Hochul and others that are pushing us this way to say, I don't want to be exposed to things I don't like. I want to define what is and isn't true. Kind of goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Now, if you live in New York State, and especially if you have children entering the public schools, I would be concerned. It's one of the reasons why we left New York. Now, granted, my daughter was out of school when we left, but we left because of this, the writing on the wall, watching the corruption and the control. If you're going to continue to fund this tyranny, you can't be surprised when you live in a, in a tyrannical society. Listen, I've taken another break. Before I go, though, I hope you join me every day in checking out AmericaOutloud.news. It's a great place to get news and information. But I want you to do some more. I want you to share it. I want you to look at the stories, the articles, the, the videos and podcasts that get your attention, that say something important, and share them. It doesn't matter how far, how wide, it doesn't matter how many people you share it with. The act of sharing is doing more than just sharing a news article. It's helping to secure the blessings of liberty. With the rise of independent media, we are now AmericaOutloud.news. For the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news, liberty and justice for all. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount 
on either Falker with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Welcome back, everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution Study. Today we're talking about dangerous distrust. The idea that an all or nothing, an absolute trust or an absolute distrust are both dangerous. And we tend to focus on the absolute trust. We don't think about what it means to um, automatically distrust something simply because it is. Now, I want to take a little bit of a detour here. We've talked about um, the the bridge incident, right? The the car that quote unquote blew up on the Rainbow Bridge. We talked about what's going on in New York State with um, misinformation, disinformation, teaching children basically to follow state propaganda is pretty much what I expect from the state of New York. Well, there's another twist you may not think about. How many of you have heard of NewsGuard? Now, supposedly NewsGuard is supposed to be um, some unbiased referee that uh, is supposed to guard the news from misinformation, except they're not. Now, what's interesting is uh, Media Research Center, they put out an article that I thought was rather interesting because they talk about reasons why Congress should strip funding from NewsGuard. And there's good reasons why um, Congress should strip funding from NewsGuard. But I want to look at this a little differently because it also means why we should not pay attention to NewsGuard. In other words, is this... Is there a distrust of NewsGuard that is that dangerous or not? Because, right? again, it's not an all or nothing. We want to look at what they're actually doing. So let's look at the five reasons from news from uh, uh, MRC, Media Research Center. Uh, reason number one, NewsGuard's government funding is unconstitutional. <laughs> that is absolutely true. Um, there, there's no reason. You know, the First Amendment prevents the federal government from infringing on the right to freedom of speech or freedom of the press. By funding an agency, um, you're interfering with the freedom of the press because you're saying we're going to place our thumbs on the scale of what's going on. Congress is not authorized to spend money on propaganda. They can spend money to do three things, pay the debts of the United States, provide for the common defense of the United States, and the general welfare of the United States. That does not include, ladies and gentlemen, propaganda. Uh, number two, NewsGuard's rating system is heavily skewed in favor of leftist media. Well, okay, let's. They, they MRC goes in, they take a look, and they say, um, you know, the the how have they um, how how has MRC uh, dealt with news? And they used a couple of of studies to see whether they lean left or lean right. Now, again, Congress shouldn't be funding it for reason number one. It's not constitutional. They're not authorized to spend money uh, on a news guard type service. But this to me is a perfect reason why, well, it's not that I would ignore news guard, but whenever you see something related to news guard, understand it's going to tend to have a leftist lean, according to um, MRC's uh, reports. Reason number three. Financing from Big Pharma created a glaring conflict of interest. And I would say NewsGuard is not alone in this. Look at how many news programs are now were sponsored by Pfizer and Moderna during the, the COVID-19 scamdemic. 
again, it's to me the reason the Congress should not should cut off funding is they don't they're not legally authorized to fund this. But this is a really good reason why I want to take anything NewsGuard says related to um, medicine, pharmacology, healthcare with a large pinch of salt, because they're getting money from big pharma, from large vaccine manufacturers and pharmaceuticals. Um, that's going to skew. That's 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 going to skew how they view things. Number four, NewsGuard has openly celebrated its dystopian collusion with the federal government. In other words, NewsGuard isn't hiding the fact that they um, they deal with federal government that they're they're trying to police the internet using federal dollars. That's a good reason not to have anything to do with them, actually. Not only from the standpoint, because you think about it, it's not simply that what they're doing is unconstitutional. They get money from the federal government. They get money from other places. They get that money based on clicks, advertising. Well, if you can't advertise if they don't get the clicks, and if you're not paying any attention, if you refuse to go to a NewsGuard link, then they're not getting the money. And then the... uh the fifth reason they list is NewsGuard rates communist Chinese government propaganda as more credible than American publications. Well, that kind of gets into the, the whole scenario, right? Uh, all of these, with the talking about how the um, NewsGuard is biased. Now, I'm not saying other news outlets are not biased as well. In fact, I would say every news outlet is biased, from ABC, NBC, CBS to Media Research Center, Newsbusters, and every and everything in between. The question is: Are you know are you are you aware of the bias, or are they and, and are they claiming to be unbiased? See, if you claim to be unbiased but are biased, well, then you're fraudulent. If you recognize that you're biased and you let people know, hey, we're biased. Hey, the Constitution study is biased. We're biased towards supporting the actual language of the Constitution, what's the ink on parchment that is stored in the National Archives. That is our bias. I make no bones about it, and I make no, I don't hide it. So that whenever you listen to anything I say here, or you read my articles, you can see, you understand, I'm looking at things from a constitutional point of view. It's also a lazy note why I put links in most of my articles to where I get the information. When I'm quoting something, I try to link to it so that you can see this is where I found this data, and you can double-check what's going on. You know, it's funny, when I'm going through my news articles, every night, pretty much every night, I go through about 600 or so uh, news headlines. I get feeds from all over the place, and I'm looking for content that I might find interesting. And I just learned, I, if, if the, if the uh, title of the article starts out with fact-check, I ignore it. Because I'm pretty sure that it's not actually checking facts, it's checking propaganda. But now another one to avoid is, at least I will avoid, is NewsGuard. Because I understand they're biased. And if I ever use anything for NewsGuard, I'm going to have a knowledge of that bias in my analysis. Now, Here's another example of, again, bias in your analysis. Now, let me ask you, when you're looking for advice on, say, vaccine safety and efficacy, is the first place you go to your barber or your hair salon? Because New Mexico, apparently they have this new program called Chair Care. Uh, uh, Chair Care is a program that addresses vaccine hesitancy 
Its goal is to increase awareness about COVID-19, long COVID-19, and flu among New Mexicans. Vaccine hesitancy refers to a range of concerns people have about vaccines, addressing and clarifying those concerns with factual, current information helps protect people from preventable illness. Crucial partners in this effort are the trusted me- called trusted messengers, local hairstylists working in privately owned salons. We use culturally appropriate language to reach clients across diverse racial, ethnic, and socioeconomic populations. Okay, it basically says we're going to turn um, your your hair your your st- we're going to turn your hair care into propaganda. You go to the barber, you go to the salon, you're going to get propaganda. Because what what this really what they're talking about is getting these these salons these these care care they are going to get a four thousand dollar stipend if they participate in this program and basically be shills for the CDC. That's right, the CDC that lied to us about the safety and efficacy of COVID-19. The CDC that uh, lies to us about the flu vaccine every year. Uh, Latest studies I've seen show that the the vaccine, the flu vaccine, is only on average about 16% effective because it targets a specific strain of the vaccine that they think will be predominant that year. And now the state of New Mexico is going to pay hairstylists to be state propagandists. Now, I don't live in New Mexico. I actually haven't been to New Mexico. I haven't been to the land of enchantment. I'd probably like to go, but you know what? I don't think I'm going to get my hair cut while I'm there. Now, I've got one more story I want to get to today, and (laughs) I don't know whether to laugh or cry at this one. See, the Justice Department has uh, come to an agreement with Covenant Transportation, Inc. and uh, uh, Transport Management Services, LLC, both of which are long-haul trucking companies and logistics companies headquartered in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, According to the to a press release, the Justice Department will get a will get a will be pay, paid a seven hundred thousand dollar fine because these two entities, um, well, they participated in in discriminatory hiring practices. They claim that the the company the company violated anti discrimination provisions of the Immigration and Immigrant and Nationality Act. Now, what did they do? That was warrant such a fine. Well, according to the Department of Justice, both Covenant and Transport routinely discriminate against non-U.S. citizens by requiring lawful permanent residents to show their permanent resident card, also known as a green card, and by requiring other non-citizens to show documents relating to their immigration status. According to the Department of Justice, Employers cannot discriminate against non-U.S. citizens by demanding specific or unnecessary documents from them to prove their permission to work. Now, I'm sitting there scratching my head. If someone is here on on a visa, again, let's forget the whole illegal alien. There's a whole question about, are you here illegally? 
because they're not talking about that. They're saying, hey, you're here. Are you a US citizen? No. Okay, are you legally allowed to work in this country? That's kind of the question, right? You know, one of the reasons why, if you have a green card, you are legally allowed to be employed in this country. If you don't have a green card, you must have a visa that allows you to work in this country. When I worked in corporate America, a lot of IT departments had a lot of um, uh, foreigners that would come to the U.S. and work there, and they had to have a certain type of visa in order to be employed. Um, I know, I know several people. They came to the United States on a an education visa to go to school. And before they could start working, they had to transfer to a different type of visa that would allow them to work. Simply proving that you are not participating in the breaking of U.S. law is now considered discrimination by the Department of Justice. But here's the other twist. Remember, go back. I've talked about this before. Immigration is not a power delegated to the United States. It's not. Take a look. They have the power to set rules for naturalization, but not immigration. So there's problem number one. Problem number two is apparently there are different lists of documents that are necessary. And in all the bloviated nonsense of federal law and regulations, the question is, which list do you need documents from? You've all done it, right? You, you, when you got a driver's license or a passport or, or uh, signed up for certain services, right? There might be, you need one document from this list and another document from this list. And if you don't have a document from that list, maybe you need two documents. That's what they're talking about. These companies, when they hired non, when they were interviewing non-citizens, asked for documents from different lists that the federal government says wasn't necessary. Now, I wonder if these, uh, uh, if these companies had hired somebody and looked at the list of documents that the federal government said is all you need to look at, and then later they were find out to not be able to legally work in the United States, would the company be on the hook for illegally hiring somebody because they didn't follow all the ridiculous mumbo-jumbo nonsense? See, this is one of the reasons why people tend to not trust governments. Very often, their laws are contradictory. I'm sure it's against the law for a company to, to hire, to knowingly hire somebody who is not legally allowed to work in the United States. But if you're actually trying to verify and you're not you know, that they are legally allowed to work in the United States, the federal government doesn't want you doing that because, well, they say it makes people feel bad. You're discriminating against them. Um, well, in a way, yeah. Uh, the, the same way I may discriminate between apple pie and pumpkin pie. If I decide to hire somebody who is a non-citizen, there are certain legal exposures that I have, and I want to cover my bases. I want to make sure that I'm not breaking the law. For discriminating between people who are legally allowed to work in the United States and those who are not, this these two companies are paying a $700,000 fine. Now, do you know why so many people don't trust the federal government or the Department of Injustice? See, that's the problem you have when people act in an untrustworthy manner. When people stop trusting, and again, there's a reason why people don't trust anymore. 
The, they don't trust the FBI. They don't trust the NTSB or Governor Hochul or the Department of Injustice or, or NewsGuard or anything. There are legitimate reasons why people don't trust them. The problem is it becomes a habit. And the concern I have is when does this trust, this distrust bite us in the backside? See, as much as I distrust, say, the CDC, maybe one day they get it right. <laughs> hey, a broken clock is right twice a day. Well, unless it's a digital clock. How about even a blind squirrel will find a nut occasionally? See, that's the problem. We shouldn't let our distrust become the controlling factor. It's why I keep going back to Reagan's line. Trust, but verify. Find sources that tend to be trustworthy, but verify what they're saying. Because the truth does matter. And until we get back to an anchor of truth, we're going to continue to be let loose on a sea of relativism without any point of navigation. Now, I hope you'll navigate back here to the Constitution Study every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard on the iHeartRadio network. If you can't listen then, all the episodes go to podcasts generally a day or two after they're heard on the radio, and you can listen with your favorite podcast app, but do me a favor, subscribe to the show. Leave the episode's ratings and reviews. It helps other people find the Constitution Study as well. You can find all the links at the homepage at americaoutloud.news. But as always, don't keep them to yourself. Share them. Share this news, share this information, and help share the blessings of liberty.